Hello everybody and welcome back to Witch Fix. Today I'm going to be talking about a novel that I recently read called, confusingly, Spellbook of the Lost and Found and it's by Moira Fowley Doyle. I think it is her second book because they seem to be advertising her first book on the back. So uh, let's get into it shall we? It is a fiction novel, it's set in Ireland and it concerns the discovery of a spellbook and the blurb is as follows. One stormy summer night Olive and her best friend Rose begin to lose things. It starts with the simple items like hair clips and jewellery, but soon it's clear that Rose has lost something bigger, something she won't talk about. Then Olive meets three wild, mysterious strangers, Ivy, Hazel and Rowan. Like Rose, they're mourning losses and holding tight to secrets. When they discover the ancient spellbook, full of hand-inked charms to conjure back lost things, they realise it might be their chance to set everything right, unless it's leading them towards secrets that were never meant to be found. This piqued my interest, as did the title, so I picked this up in a charity shop knowing nothing about it. Thought, okay, I'll buy that for a pound, and if it turns out it's not about witches, then it can just go in the bin with everything else. I kid, of course. There are perfectly lots of good books out there that aren't about witches, but they are not the focus of this podcast. And although the book isn't really about witches, like they don't really talk a lot about people in terms of them being witches or about Wicca as a religion at all. Um, there is sufficient magical content in this for it to be a very magical book indeed and well worth discussing on the podcast and well worth a look if you're interested in magical realism. Now I had a little bit of a rocky start with this book, had a little bit of trouble getting into it. I do heartily recommend it and did enjoy it as a book but I am going to talk a little bit about some of the negative things that just put me off to begin with. And uh, the most obvious one of those is the fact that quite a lot of characters are introduced who were not in the blurb. And this really confused me. Um, so you have the prologue, you have chapter one, which is from Olive's perspective. But then chapter two is from the perspective of a character called Laurel. And Laurel refers to two other people, Holly and Ash, who are their best friends. And now you will probably see where my confusion began, because all of these characters are named after trees slash plants. You've got Olive and Rose from the blurb, as well as Hazel, as well as Rowan and Ivy. And then three more characters who were not mentioned in the blurb are introduced. And it's just kind of confusing to try and keep track of them because I kept thinking that they were people who were being referred to in the blurb because I got the tree names kind of confused in my head. And it wasn't for a while, at least, before they started to stand out as their own characters. So, yeah, I did find that just a little bit annoying to start off with because so many of these characters are introduced. Fortunately, the identities of Laurel, Holly and Ash are kind of a central mystery in the novel. So um, after a while, it does become easier once characters uh, like Hazel and Rowan have been introduced into Olive's world and are talking to each other and having their own chapters. It does become easier to tell them apart from like Laurel, Holly and Ash because those people, although they do get their own chapters, kind of, they're very short and we don't really see them associating with the other characters. Now I mentioned that mystery because it's a very mysterious book. I think basically the whole point of the novel is this mystery about the spell book, about its origins, about how it came to be and if it is a spell that's actually working or if magic is even real at all is kind of up for debate throughout the book although a lot of things that happen in the book don't make a lot of sense if magic isn't causing them uh, because some of them have reasonable explanations and some of them do not. 
The spell book is the kind of thing that links all the characters together. At the start of the book, uh, Laurel, one of the mysterious characters, writes that it's in their possession and that at the town's summer party, they cast the spell to call back their lost diaries. And they wake up and their diaries are like with them, around them on the dirt. And then things start going missing. Olive, in her first chapter, wakes up at the town's summer party, missing a shoe, a hair clip and her best friend. Uh, and then as the book kind of progresses, we see that things aren't quite right with Rose, who's Olive's friend, and the other characters introduced with their own problems. And then they discover the spell book, which has apparently been uh, lost or disposed of by the first group of girls who have already cast the spell. And they then start looking into the spell themselves and trying to use it to fix the problems in their own lives. And in the course of events, a lot of the mysteries do come out. And I'm going to try and keep this relatively spoiler free because honestly, the mystery was the thing that I most liked about the book. The other thing that annoyed me slightly about the book is that the text, like the actual prose, is quite floral and purple in places uh, and gets a little bit confusing to read when action sequences occur. And also it takes quite a long time for things to feel like they're happening because we're spending so much time waxing poetic about trees and various other things that just happen to be around. But in some areas it works really well. And I'm going to read you just a little section from page 18 slash 19 uh, where Holly, Ash and Laurel cast the spell for the first time. So we took some of Mag's poteen to the town summer party. We sneaked away from the crowd and slipped into the woods. We cut our fingers and drank the burning alcohol and wrote out our losses on the branches of trees. And that's when the weirdness started. Moss became fur, became dead animals on the floor of the forest. The trees became the spaces between the trees. We three held hands and made noises that weren't words, but the holly said later were a calling, a calling for the lost to be found. We came to in the morning, beside the giant oak at the fork in the road, each of us with scraped knees and bloody noses, tied together with silver string and all around us our missing diary pages covered the ground like a blanket of snow in the field in the distance the bonfire was still burning so you can see they're really quite effective prose i quite liked the style as the book went on and we started dealing with more sort of mythological things it just seemed a bit odd at the start when everything was more mundane on top of that there's a lot of very quirky things to do with characters in the book for example olive's dad wakes them up in the mornings by just shouting poetry outside their rooms her friend rose has quit smoking and instead blows bubbles and uh, mags who's sort of the local landlady of a pub uh, tells the future via crossword puzzle clues that she fills in and sends to ivy who is uh, a relative of hers there's quite a lot of these like quirky character things and it all just feels a little bit contrived. Um, some of it later links in with some of the mysteries, but not enough for it to be anything less than kind of achingly hipsterish is the only way I can really describe it. What I did like about the book, aside from the way that the prose kind of works when we start dealing with the magic stuff, is the characterisation of, of the main characters. They do kind of stand out from each other, particularly Olive is, I think, probably... The character you hear from the most and what i would describe as like the main main character uh, and also hazel they're kind of characterized quite well you can tell them apart really easily later on in the book especially when you've gotten to know them there's also a lot of queer characters in the novel uh characters who are like openly bisexual which is nice uh, to see and does um 
a lot to kind of change the way the interpersonal relationships between all the characters work and make them less predictable. Speaking of predictability, I really did like how the mystery at the core of the novel is unraveled because I didn't see it coming. There's some nice, very artfully done red herrings through the book, as well as a really nice kind of breadcrumb breadcrumb a really nice breadcrumb trail of clues that finally make sense at the end when all is revealed and you can see the work that went into the construction but the way it is carried off when you're reading it just feels completely effortless and is just delightful to read the only thing i think that lets down the kind of big reveal is the chapters that occur after it and lead us into the end of the book feel a little bit tacked on the reveal is very interesting and very well done and then there's some exposition that is a little bit clunky following it and then the end of the book doesn't really feel like it's really adding a lot except going back into that more poetic meaningful meaninglessness as the beginning of the book so the ending was a mite unsatisfactory for me and I ended up kind of breezing through it and not really caring too much uh, now that the whole mystery had been revealed and it didn't feel like the book really was going anywhere. So aside from the mystery, what is the book about? Well, it's about people struggling with their own like internal secrets and basically one of those kind of teenage coming of age type novels wrapped around a mystery, wrapped in some mysticism which I really liked as a concept and the spellbook is quite central to it as are other magical phenomenon. At various points characters seem to deliver mysterious warnings while in a trance. Uh, characters receive strange visions of the future uh, which they put down at various points to having consumed strong alcohol or um, having not slept or being exposed to a ruptured gas main various things like that but they do have these like visions of the future there are strange coincidences as to who ends up finding who's lost things uh, which again brings people together and sort of cements relationships early on in the book I think the the aspect of the ending which felt a little bit disappointing to me was when one of the characters kind of delivers a speech about how everything is ritual like putting your makeup on and being superstitious about wearing lucky socks to an exam and how it's all like magic and witchcraft i mean there's wearing lucky socks and then there's casting a spell you found in a mysterious spell book that you found in the top of a tree in a forest which seems to magically cool up all these lost things to you those two things feel very different and i kind of resented it trying to pull us back into reality and explain it in such a heavy-handed way one thing that I did like is that the spell is included in the book. Um, I don't know that I would recommend actually casting it because it seems quite involved, but I'm going to read you it. It's from page 20, 21 and 22. Um, so I'm just going to read this to you. Calling for the lost to be found. You will need a charm or talisman, a medal or mass card of St. Anthony or St. Jude, a dowsing rod, a crystal pendulum or an arrow shaped hagstone will work best. A glass bottle filled with the waters of Lethe, the underground river in Hades that makes the drinker forget. Patine is an acceptable substitute, must be hand distilled in a pot still and infused with ancient magic. A length of silver string, red ink, olive oil, a handful of rowan berries, a hazel branch, a vine of ivy, as many rose thorns as you have losses, moss gathered from under an oak tree, human blood. To cast the calling, Gather fresh moss from under an oak tree, soak it in olive oil and crushed rowan berries, anoint it with human blood, 
Snap a hazel branch in two and form an equal cross. Bind the blood moss to the centre X with an ivy vine. Tie one length of a silver string tight around it. Fix the cross to the branch of a tree. Write your losses in red ink on the branches around it. Pin each word in place with a rose thorn. Wind the string around each thorn. At the opposite end of the string, attach your talisman. Let neither the cross nor the talisman touch the ground. Wait for a sign. If the lights go out, you will know the lost are listening. If you hear dogs barking, you will know the lost have heard your call. If you hear the howling, you will know the lost have answered. Be careful what you bargain with. Every lost thing requires a sacrifice, a new loss for every called thing found. What will you let go of? What can you not afford to lose? Consider carefully before you cast the calling. It may not be for you to choose. Be careful what you wish for. Not all lost things should be found. I feel that that cryptic warning brings us right into trigger warnings for the book. Uh, I didn't give them at the top of the episode because obviously I don't really discuss the plot anyway. But if you're going to read the book, which I suggest you do because it is, again, quite an interesting book and very original in itself um i would go into it forewarned because there's a lot of trigger warnings associated with it so uh i'm gonna give those now uh there are scenes in the book likened to self-harm there is mention of suicide there's mention of rape and sexual assault also of abusive relationships um in various different ways but just a general warning for abuse also child abuse and neglect underage drinking alcoholism underage drug use and depending on where you live underage sex so those are the ones that i can actually remember and made note of but just assume that there are a lot of triggers associated with this book although again none of them really occur in graphic scenes it's more people just talking about situations that have occurred in the past there's a lot to recommend this book uh, which i've already gone over uh, and i do recommend you checking out uh, the few things that bothered me about it, I would say, are definitely not insurmountable. They're just sort of little niggles. The one thing that I'm left thinking is that in terms of rereading it, I don't know that there would be a huge amount of value in, in reading it again, unless you'd forgotten sort of the central mystery. Or if you just wanted to see kind of some of the clues that you'd missed or read it through again knowing now what you didn't know then which could be quite nice um, but I always kind of worry about books where my main reason for wanting to read it is to find out what happens because once you know what happens is there a point in reading it again I don't know uh, so you'll, you'll have to be the judge of that um, but again definitely check it out the spell book of the lost and found by Moira Fowley Doyle Really nice little book, very interesting and original concepts involved in it and quite a lot of kind of off-brand mysticism, occultism centred on these teenagers and their experience of the world. Uh, so it's not really tied into like Wicca or paganism, which is quite refreshing and quite original to read. Um, but it is tied into this very interesting book and the mystery behind it, which is left just unanswered enough at the end to give you a, a sort of air of the ghost story, a little bit of a, a chill down the spine, whilst most of the mystery is then solved to a satisfying degree. So get out there, find a copy, let me know if you enjoyed reading it, what you thought of it, if you can recommend other books like this. Um, I haven't looked at this author's back catalogue or everything else that they've written to see if magic is a popular theme in their work so i'd be interested in finding that out 
but you can get in touch in the normal way either in the comments for this episode wherever you are listening to it or you can get in touch via twitter or you could email if you're very old school but all the information is in the description box below and don't forget to also vote on the goodreads list on what you would like me to read next you can also add books to that if there's nothing if you think of something that's not on there already which is entirely likely because there's a whole world out there and uh, just get in touch and let me know what you thought in the meantime i will see you in the next episode bye